Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Joining us now, the, uh, don't tell the other one, but my favorite coach, potato. no, I'm kidding, you're not my favorite, you, 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 I love you both equally, <laughs> Jeff Braun. You just keep digging a bigger hole. I do. Started out with Clay and the age, and now I'm digging one with the couch potatoes. Hey, I, but I do appreciate you coming on today. Normally, we tape our conversations when we have them because by now you should be in bed. So thanks for extending your day a little bit for me because, of course, you're up uh, very early doing the news uh, with the start. You said something the other day, and then I saw a story today, and I thought, all right, I got to. Obviously, it's in the stars to have Jeff on the show today. You mentioned uh, you guys were talking the other morning about your favorite meals, I think it was, and you said what? The question was, uh, if you could go to any restaurant right now, what would it be? Right. And I said it would be the concession stand at the Grant Park Movie Theater because that's, <laughs> I, I miss it so much. I haven't been in a movie in over two months now. I know. It's crazy. I'll be honest with you. I miss uh, I miss the popcorn more than I do watching a movie in a theater. Uh, I'm okay watching movies at home. Let me play a clip here before we get into the conversation. Uh, Brett McGarry, the other couch potato, is going to join us after the 1.30 news and let us know about our viewing options. One of the options is on Netflix. It's called The Lovebirds. This is a movie that was supposed to be in theaters. It's going to be on Netflix, or it is now, I guess. We're watching it tonight. Jackie and I have decided we're going to watch it tonight because we saw the trailer actually in a movie theater a while back and thought it looked funny. Uh, even the stars of the movie are in no rush to get back to a theater to watch a movie. Listen. The Lovebirds is a new comedy out today on Netflix starring Issa Rae and Kumail Nanjiani. I love you. It was supposed to hit theaters, then the pandemic closed everything down, so I asked them when theaters do reopen, maybe in July, will they be first in line? Hell no, I'm not first in line to go. I'm... <laughs> but I have faith in our economy and our industry that they'll get it together, but I won't be there. I'm the same. I'm going to be one of the last people to go to a movie theater, a restaurant, anything. I'm going to be like, let's let everyone go out, see how it goes, and then I'll, I'll right behind you. You can watch The Lovebirds from the comfort of your couch this weekend on Netflix. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood. And as I said, Brett's going to have more on that after the news at 1.30 here. And now they're talking about maybe being back in theaters in July. That's a U.S. story. I think it's going to be longer than that up here, Jeff. But um, you're anxious to get back when they say, okay, good to go, you will be heading back? Oh, I'll go, I'll go opening weekend for sure as soon as uh, the theater <laughs> is reopened. And as soon as they have a movie to play in it, it's one of those things where it makes no sense for them to open sort of one at a time. They kind of all have to go at once. Otherwise, for Hollywood to make it worthwhile putting one of their movies in there, you know. So uh, mm -hmm. the, the Christopher Nolan movie Tenet, which I think is supposed to come out in July, that might be the big reopening. Might right. Be. We'll see. Yeah, I've read that too. But listen, this is Memorial Day, a Memorial Day weekend in the States. This is typically a big weekend, right? I mean, some big movies have been released on this weekend. Star Wars, Pirates of the Caribbean, Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones. This year, this weekend, it was supposed to be Fast and Furious 9, but that now has been pushed back to next year. And last year, this weekend, Memorial Day weekend in the States, total haul at the box office, $220 million, and this year it will be zero. Yeah, it blows your mind when you think of it like that. And it's it's the weekend that uh, is most crushing to me because Fast and Furious 9 was the movie I was looking forward to the most this year. I, love, I just love those movies. They're beyond silly, but they're so much fun. So, yeah, when you listen to the numbers like that, it really drives it home.
And back to movies at home, as I said, I do miss the popcorn. Jackie said to me the other night, she goes, you know, I miss going to a movie once in a while. I do sort of, because there are some movies you just kind of want to see on that big screen with the loud, you know, and with other people uh, nearby chuckling and and laughing and stuff. But there's some new research out, and this is why I wanted to have you on today. This new study says 70% of people more likely to watch from their couch Just 13% say they're more likely to watch at a local cinema when they're allowed, and 17% not sure. So overwhelmingly, people are saying, you know what, not yet. I'm fine to sit at home and watch my favorite movie on the big screen TV. Yeah, well, I think of all the different things that would, you know, maybe fall under the category of taking a chance by doing it, like going to the movies is probably the dumbest way to contract COVID-19 if you're going to get <laughs> right. it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like of all the th- ways you could avoid it, that is such an easy way to avoid. So that might be part of it. And, I'm, and you know, those numbers have sort of been trending that way over the last couple of decades anyways, especially as, you know, home theater equipment becomes much more, you know, closer to the real thing. The screens mm-hmm. just keep getting bigger and all that. So, yeah, and and I, I'm the same as you. Like if it's a a big spectacle movie or even like a comedy because you like the laughter of the crowd is always a big draw for me uh, mm. but just some sort of run-of-the-mill drama or whatever i don't mind just watching that at home either most times well in the last time we talked we talked about you know will uh, the way we watch movies change because we're seeing these theatrical releases available at home now the latest was that tom hanks movie we found out about this week called the greyhound i think it's called the greyhound right or just greyhound i'm not just sure Greyhound, yeah greyhound and apparently well apple tv plus got it and there was a bidding war and word is that apple paid about 70 million just for the right to show this movie so and we talked about the trolls movie pretty close to what it would have made in theaters right so as long as the numbers kind of make sense we might see more of this oh absolutely and i guarantee you that the people that make the decisions in hollywood are only concerned about the numbers and the the wind will blow whichever way the numbers go sort of thing and for family entertainment i think that might be where we see it the most because it is such a hit to take you know a family of four or five to a movie theater like that costs a fortune and mm. if you can save instead of spending 100 or 120 bucks to spend 25 or 20 renting the movie that one night at home most families will of course do that now if you're live by yourself then it's a different story for 25 bucks i can get the ticket, the theater popcorn, the drink, and everything, or yeah. I can just rent them. Like, I'm not spending $25 to watch one movie by myself one night. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I, it's going to yeah. be interesting, you know, to see in, in ho- how Hollywood's going to change after COVID and as we get back to something closer to our, our normal. And um, But I think we're going to definitely, definitely see more money spent on movies that we can watch at home. Jeff, thanks again for delaying your nap. Have a nice nap and a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Yeah, you too, Al. I know that you always uh, think it's good radio when uh, my weather expert buddy Bruce Johnson is on the show. And, Bruce, they've been asking for you, so here you are. How are you? Well, I'm pretty good. How about you? Excellent. Good. Hey, uh, I want to talk uh, Atlantic Hurricanes in a moment because we're getting close to that season and there's some new information out. But just quickly, I've been reading the forecast. Tomorrow is looking pretty good, partly sunny 25. They're saying a chance of a, a shower, maybe even a thunderstorm tomorrow. How much of a chance? Much of a chance? 
Oh, 25% or so. It's, it's really widely scattered. I think there's a better chance on Sunday. Then it dries up for a few days and, you know, maybe something Wednesday, but not much. So it looks fairly dry next week and we'll get away from the really windy weather that we had, well, yesterday and some of the prior days. So it looks like that's going to settle down a little bit. Yeah, it's been really windy the past uh, several days. So if you're going to do something this weekend, chant outside, better day tomorrow than Sunday. Yeah, and it's um, it was if if it rains tomorrow, it won't be an all day rain. It'd be a shower here and a shower there, so it wouldn't spoil the day. So it's maybe more of a, a concentration of rain on Sunday, where it might rain longer and in more places. So Saturday would be the better day. And like I say, next week looks pretty good overall. And I know it's tough to talk weather long term, but we are heading into another season. We're starting to see weather more like summer. Any idea what our summer might be like? Are you seeing any indications at all as to whether it's going to be cooler or maybe more wet than normal? Anything that's tipping the scale one way or another? Well, what I've seen, and you know, I've seen some recently, and I'll see more once we get done with planting when I have more time to look at this stuff, but it. I looked at it, and it's showing temperatures to be at or slightly above average and precipitation pretty much near normal. That's what I've seen so far. Okay, so pretty normal summer on the way then, or at least all indications are that that's what it's going to be. That's right. That's the way it looks right now. And that may be somewhat related to the hurricane season that you're just about to talk about. Well, yes, and I saw this, and I thought, okay, i got to get Bruce on today. Today's the day because... Uh, hurricanes, typhoons, and cyclones are getting stronger, according to a new survey. And I think the Atlantic hurricane season, the official date, and I mean it can happen sooner than this or even later, but I think June 1st is sort of the date when they say, all right, Atlantic hurricane season is here. And they've looked at the data over 40 years, and they say, they say because of climate change, we're seeing these storms get stronger and potentially more deadly. They look back 40 years, and each decade they're seeing the severity of these uh, hurricanes and typhoons and cyclones growing by about 8% per decade. And they say it's because of temperature uh, changes in the atmosphere causing warmer, uh, causing uh, you know warmer air to mix with with the water and uh, cause these uh, storms. And, and uh, they're saying we could see six really bad hurricanes this year during the Atlantic hurricane season. Yeah, one of the reasons behind that is that the models are showing a La Nina setting up this next winter, which is probably has some influence on the hurricanes, and it may create more of a hurricane season uh, than than average. And so... Of course, La Nina, if it gets strong enough, we won't like it because that means it, it would be really cold next winter. But I'll have to see how that develops. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the other thing we have to keep in mind, and I know even uh, on the Canadian uh, East Coast, they're concerned about these hurricanes because if they hit uh, during COVID-19 restrictions, I mean, that could throw a whole new wrench into things, right, as people deal with these storms and preparing for them and, and cleaning up after them. Oh, exactly. It, could, it just would be, it'd be pretty much the worst time it could happen. Um, and actually, the worst or most deadly um, hurricane in, well, I say Canadian history, even though Canada wasn't a country yet, was what would become Newfoundland in 1775. In September, it killed over 4,000 people. So they, they've wow. been around for a long time. There's some really nasty ones.
Yeah, well, as I said, they're saying we could see six really nasty ones this Atlantic hurricane season. Hey, before I let you go, people that don't know, and I think most people that listen know this, but Bruce is uh, living and from in La- uh, Lancaster, Minnesota. He's just got a, a big interest in our weather, and you've been doing this with me for years and years. And you be, before me, even, you were doing it here on CJOB for, for years and years, and you work for a farmer down there in Lancaster, Minnesota. We had Harry Siemens on yesterday, our ag reporter friend, and he was saying here in Manitoba, 40 to 50 percent of the seeding is done already in many areas how's it going down there well we're getting close to that probably about 40 percent but it got held up a little bit from the really cold weather that we had early in the month and then now this weather's been perfect you know he planted some wheat not long ago and it it looked like jack nicholas was consulting him because it's so green You've always got to get a ha-ha in. Hey, Bruce, have a great weekend. Memorial Day weekend for you. What, By the way, I was reading today that most Americans don't even know what Memorial Day is all about. I'm sure there's some. I mean, you know, my generation, I would I think, because we learned that in school, but yeah. I don't know what they're teaching now, but it, uh, it's pathetic if they don't. But, of course, there are a lot. I, there's like certain percentage of people think that uh, – Chocolate milk comes from brown cows, so you know, <laughs> right. you're thinking, yeah, these guys don't know too much. Yeah, well, listen, happy Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy your weekend. Okay, well, well enjoy it from the uh, machinery, but it will work. Uh, before we get to Dr. Cyrus Dirksen, I just want to read a couple of text messages that I'm getting here at 204-780-6868. We're about halfway through the show, and we've talked about a few things, including uh, movie popcorn. Greg called up to say that store up uh, on Molson or near Molson there um, uh, has good popcorn that he ships to the States, and he was going on and on about it. It must be popular because everybody's texting about it, correcting Greg. It used to be called Cops. It's no longer called Cops. It's now M&M Convenience, John says. And somebody else said, yep, M&M Convenience Corner of Molson and Tapello, just up the street from me, good popcorn. So there you go. I wanted to mention that. Also uh, wanted to mention this, uh, back to our travel conversation, the summer of the staycation here in the province of Manitoba. How my girlfriend and I have been enjoying traveling around the province for years with some road munchies on hand. We just drive in one direction. Great way to see what some small towns have and how historical our province is. Yes, I love this. I'm the same way. I love just hopping in the car, no plan. Let's just see uh, where uh, we go and, and check out the place as we go along. And then one more here from Tim. Hal, heard you talking to Harry Siemens yesterday. You mentioned helping out at a farm as a kid. Yeah, it was my grandpa and my uncle's farm, and I did that for many summers. Uh, mostly drove truck when they were harvesting. Tim says, same here. Had the chance to work one season on a harvest crew in 1996. We started in Oklahoma uh, about this time. It was really something to experience Harvest time down there starts mid to late May. Thanks a lot, Tim, uh, and everybody for the text messages. Appreciate it when you uh, weigh in by text or email or even better, a phone call. So thanks uh, uh, for interacting today. Dr. Cyrus Dirksen joins us now as he does every Friday from 2.30 to 3. The website is drsyras.com, D-R-S-Y-R-A-S.com. Doc, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. Nice to chat How with you, you again. I, I had a week off, and you were with Kathy last Friday, so it's mm-hmm. it's good to talk to you. Yeah, no, I'm doing I'm doing good. How are you doing? I like to sort of check in uh, with you every Friday and see how things are going with you and the family. 
Oh, everything's great. Uh, and uh, it seems that the practice has really changed as things have opened up. Business is really getting going here again. And, uh, I mean, things have slowed down for a while. I have a pretty significant wait list, and that kind of evaporated. Uh, and we had just kind of enough clients to go week to week. Always full, but just enough. And now we're back to getting lots of clients. So things are changing around here. Okay, good. I was going to ask you about that because um, uh, I'm curious to know that now that you are, are seeing patients at the clinic again, um, how is that? Uh, how has that changed? Are you seeing more people? We've been through, you know, two or three months now of a pandemic. Are we seeing more people turning to people like you? Uh, tell us what's happening at your practice uh, for professional help. Well, you know, uh, our practice has actually been doing quite well compared to some others that we've heard uh, about. Um, most practices, it seemed to kind of drop by about fifty percent, uh, and. We seemed uh, to be able to kind of maintain ourselves uh, pretty much through it, so it was a good sign for us. Uh, and things are coming back to life. It doesn't seem like they're quite back to the way they were maybe like last year at this time, uh, but we're getting close. And so I think people are beginning to reach out more and more, that's for sure. Um, but we're not seeing like them coming in droves uh, like maybe we've thought they might. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a bit here and a bit there. All right, um, moving on to our uh, prepared subjects today, our topics that we want to talk about here. Um, the headline is, Exercise Improves Memory, Boost Blood Flow to the Brain. And this is timely because a lot of people are anxious for gyms to reopen during phase two of the uh, reopening. So I've talked to a lot of people that go to the gym on a regular basis, and they have really been missing that. There is obviously benefit to it, isn't there? You know, there really is. The connection between uh, exercise and your brain maybe doesn't seem kind of intuitive at start because, you know, you're focusing on your other muscles when you're exercising, not on your brain. Uh, But it seems that just generally increasing blood flow in your body uh, periodically in your life, you know, regularly, uh, preferably, actually helps your brain out quite a bit. And so that, that connection has been established. What this study was looking at in particular was your memory. And what they found, I love this study, because it's just so kind of simple and clear. Uh, after 12 months, they had, well, they had some people who were randomly chosen to just stretch and some people who were randomly chosen to do aerobic exercising. And after 12 months, the people who had been doing aerobic exercises had a 47% improvement in their memory. And the people who were only stretching, I'm not against stretching, but in terms of improving your memory, doesn't seem to be effective. So uh, the aerobic exercise was something that really changed. 47% is a really significant number. I mean, a year is a long time, but really to, to create that kind of a change in your brain is really startling. So um, I thought that was just a very impressive piece of research. Yeah, and, you know, anecdotally, I'm sure you heard this too, that, you know, this particular study showed that it improved memory. But even just your outlook on life, right? Positivity mm. seems to be improved by exercise. There are so many benefits to exercise, and, uh, you know, I, I wish I could just take all my clients and, and uh, you know, mandate some time in the gym, uh, but it's just such a hard thing to get people to actually engage in regularly. Otherwise, I think uh, we would be able to manage a lot of our mental health problems uh, with a lot, uh, you know, relatively easily, uh, not all of them, obviously, uh, but there would be a pretty significant reduction. And, you know, this was so um, effective for people with their memories that they are actually looking at it as a way of reducing the risk for Alzheimer's or at least to delay the uh, onset of Alzheimer's. And they're really, you know, that's, that's uh, just great to see. 
uh, something that all of us can really engage in uh, and to see that it can actually help us even as we get older. Uh, so it's something to really think about if you're starting to get up in years or uh, if you're thinking if you're already starting to see some memory problems or if you just want to be kind of health conscious and prevent it. All right, uh, next headline here for Dr. Cyrus. What home confinement means to children. We talked uh, a bit about this yesterday with Carolyn Klassen from Conexus Counseling, uh, your friend and mine, um, but we mm-hmm. talked more about the parents' side, the moms and dads and how they're doing. How are the kids mm-hmm. doing? What does all this mean for the kids? Well, what we're seeing is that um, things are changing for children when they're staying at home. Their reality is changing. They're not They're not happy about it. They they uh, they're not they're bored being at home. They have increased screen time, less physical activity. Their sleeping patterns are starting to be affected. Uh, irregular sleep patterns, and they're less organized in their diets. There's weight gain. There's less cardio fitness. Uh, four times more likely to have symptoms of trauma, PTSD. Um, so I think I mean we've talked about this before, and and to tell you the truth, I was kind of like yeah, it's probably okay for. For the time being, and I kind of hold to that in that, you know, if we can, children being at home for short periods of time isn't that significant. However, as we get into longer and longer periods of time here, this is becoming um, a really unfortunate social experiment. I mean, we're doing so much work, you know, before giving people vaccines over something that has a, an effect. And I just, you know, it's hard because you watch this happening and we're, we're dramatically changing the lives of our young people, which could have a generational shift of unknown proportions without really any testing to see what this will actually do to uh, two children. And as we see things, you know, shaping up and maybe um, I've heard reports of kind of what might happen in September with different changes in schools and things like this, uh, you know, with really no knowledge of what kind of effect this will have, you kind of start to wonder, uh, you know, about this kind of alternate damage that's being done the other side where we're just really potentially hurting people um and, and you know obviously with a good cause trying to prevent coronavirus but the effects could be very dramatic well and you work with a lot of kids in your practice and i was going to get into this a bit with you because um you know we're hearing as part of phase two of the reopening of the province of manitoba uh, the premier wants to get kids uh, in to see their teachers to sort of evaluate where they are as far as education is concerned and then you know starting the next school year at the end of August, getting a, a bit of an early start at that. But, you, you know, kids are resilient. We know that. But as you point out, the longer this goes on, uh, the more we wonder, right? Yeah, we can't take this for granted. I mean, um, there's other priorities in life here, and we really have to be, uh, you know, thinking about um, what this is going to do to a whole generation who could end up being more afraid of social contact, uh, who could end up, like, isolation, has dramatic effects on, uh, you know, on depression, on mental health, on social skills, um, and things, you know, of this nature. And also, this is likely going to increase. And I think we've already, we actually, there was research on this in China already with increasing levels of abuse towards children. Um, and that's hard, obviously, that shows the signs of wear and tear this is having on parents who probably didn't think that they, some of them probably wouldn't have been abusive, and now are finding themselves doing things that they never imagined. And, and obviously the children who are being harmed by this unnecessarily, or maybe necessarily, I don't know, I guess that's the debate, uh, but really uh, the, the, the true story and what the hidden damage that's being told by, or that's being caused by this, I mean, these parents are, 
are at home and I hear reports, they kind of, they're desperate. They, they don't know what to do. It's hard to help them because they can't even come into the clinic. So I'm talking to them as the child that they're calling about is screaming or running around in the background uncontrolled. Hmm. So it's hard to even have the space or ability to even talk to them about the problem because they can't get away from the problem. Uh, they don't have any school. They don't have any respite. Um, they're just there. And, uh, and obviously they get to the, to, to the end of their patients and start doing things that they would never want to do, never hope to do, and uh, completely out of character for them. So, yeah, I think this is something that really needs to have some attention to it, and uh, we really need to think it through in a way that's kind of taking the whole picture rather than just looking at this, looking at that. We really need to look at the effect on society. Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.